Hey, welcome to the very first episode of a children's card game, a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. This is the only Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast in the nation, in the world, probably, maybe in the universe, that recaps every single episode of the Yu-Gi-Oh! animated series, starting from episode one, going until there are no more episodes left. And the sponsor of today's episode is No Sponsor. We have no sponsors. We just we're just getting started. We're just getting kicked off. I'm still in my artistic flow. I haven't uh, sold out to the man quite yet. But if you want to be the man that I sell out to, then I've got the perfect way that you can support. Uh, you can support whatever this is going to be. It is Patreon.com/slash/Children's/Card/Game. Head there at your earliest convenience. If you're listening to this in your car, I would not suggest doing it while you're driving. Uh, but head to patreon.com slash children's card game. You can become a Patreon at any level. And I want to tell you what I'm going to do to make the patrons feel special. I want to tell you what I'm going to do. Uh, it's going to be special because I, I I love what we're about to get to do here. I love Yu-Gi-Oh! But Yu-Gi-Oh! is not actually the only show I love, believe it or not. There are several TV shows I love. And for every 50 patrons I get, you're going to get something very special. It's called Talking Cheese, a bonus show. Talking Cheese, that is a SpongeBob bonus show. For every 50 patrons I'm able to get on Patreon, patreon.com slash children's card game, I am going to recap one episode of Spongebob, starting from episode one, and that's going to be exclusive to patrons. But that is not all you're going to get. I actually have a second bonus show that's going to be exclusive to Patreon patrons. That's two. That second one is going to be called Ashes Coma Fantasy, a Pokemon bonus show. Every 100 Patrons, I get, we're going to recap an episode of Pokemon starting from Pokemon episode one. That's two separate bonus shows you'll get as a patron. So, for instance, if I get 50 patrons, I'll do a SpongeBob bonus show. At 100 patrons, I will do an additional SpongeBob bonus show and... I will do the first episode of Pokemon, and we'll keep going like that. As long as you guys keep joining on and becoming patrons, that's how much we'll keep going. But this first episode is not about SpongeBob. It's not about Pokemon. We're here for one reason and one reason only. The greatest 2000s anime of, of I guess, of the 2000s. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, I was obsessed with this show. Every time I think about it, I can't help but laugh because, you know, it's one of those shows where you look back on it and it's actually kind of bad. I don't mean it, it's, I don't mean it's bad as in you hate it. I mean, it's bad as in you understand the only reason why you liked it was because you were 10. It's that kind of show. Um, so I, I, I thought what better way to spend my time than by going back, starting with episode one, and just going through the whole series again, uh, recapping it for you, 
That way you don't have to watch it. That's the greatest gift I've ever been able to give out is to make sure that someone else does not have to watch Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm watching every single second of Yu-Gi-Oh, so you don't have to. I'm going to recap it for you. Hopefully, if you've never seen Yu-Gi-Oh before, you're going to have a thorough understanding of it because I'm going beat by beat, almost line by line through these episodes with with analysis. And that's the goal. I want to make you guys laugh. I want to make you want to make you enjoy it. I want to bring the the magic of Yu-Gi-Oh as I remember it in my head back to the limelight up through this podcast. So, no more need to to stall. Let's go ahead and get into it. Let's get into episode 1 of Yu-Gi-Oh and episode 1 of a children's card game. Okay, so it uh, looks like the first episode opens in some sort of a flashback, I guess. We're, we're in, like, this grungy, ancient tomb looking at a, a golden box with an eye on it. It's luckily this thousands-of-year-old crypt buried in a pyramid has just enough natural light to make out someone's makeup box. Uh, the narrator tells us that thousands of years ago, when the pyramids were still young enough to think Yu-Gi-Oh! is good, uh, Egyptian kings played a game of great and terrible power. And what an accurate description for what we're about to watch. Great and terrible. It actually kind of reminds me a little bit of a, like, like Stephanie Meyer. She wrote uh, Twilight. And uh, Yes, I read Twilight. I read the first Twilight book. And you can't judge me because you're listening to a Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast in 2018. But Stephanie, uh, Stephanie Meyer would always do these, these metaphors where she took two opposite things and kind of put them together. So she'd she'd say something like, Edward's stare was alarming, yet calming, and Jacob's fursuit hung in the closet intimidatingly, but in a way that put me at ease. So yeah, like stuff like that, not good writing. Um, the narration continues, and I'm actually realizing for the first time that the narrator is literally Yu-Gi-Oh!, Yu-Gi-Oh! himself is narrating the introduction to the Yu-Gi-Oh! show. Um, He says that these games were called shadow games, and they caused a war that threatened to destroy the world until a brave, powerful pharaoh, which is himself, he's talking about himself, the pretentious prick, a brave, powerful, sexy, charming pharaoh locked away the magic of this game and mystical millennium items. Um, how or why that makes sense, I have no clue. And this is a, a really important time to inform you. I don't actually know that much about Yu-Gi-Oh. I, I, I watched it as a kid, and I, I love the anime, but I never like watched beyond those first few seasons, and I didn't do any of the spinoffs. I never read the manga. I don't know. So, so if you've done all that, I hope you enjoy listening to me kind of wriggle around like an earthworm through the filth of my own confusion. And if you're like me and you only know the basics of Yu-Gi-Oh!, well, then we're in this journey of rediscovery together. So back to our brave and powerful narrator. He says that 5,000 years later, after these Shadow Games, Destiny has chosen our main character, Yu-Gi-Moto, to protect the world from the Shadow Games, just as the brave Pharaoh did in the past. This... This guy, Yu-Gi-Oh, he just has to take another chance to hype himself up. He's like, it's like Egyptian Donald Trump. I was a tremendous pharaoh. Fantastic. Merrick is a loser. Um, 
And from there, we're into the opening theme. Absolutely phenomenal opening package. Great music, great clips. Everything feels big. And we witness for the first time that iconic, it's time to duel. Whoever thought that this Egyptian-themed Japanese anime needed some like record scratching on that duel portion, he was the most right anyone has ever been about anything it's perfect it's one of the it's probably the best opening theme of all children's cartoons ever and the uh, the episode starts after the theme we start in school and everyone's wearing like stupid japanese school uniforms and you know uh it reminds me i could i went to i went to school in the ghetto you know what i mean i went to school in the ghetto and we had a uniform for a little while and the uniform was any brown pants and any bluish shirt. And it was optional depending on whether or not you were too poor to afford it. You were too poor to go out and buy new clothes. But the, the whole point of them putting the uniform together was to stop us from knowing who was poor and who wasn't. But now it's it's super clear who's poor and who isn't because literally everyone dresses the same except the poor people. So they had to make it optional for everybody. We had a school uniform that was optional for every single person in the school. So nobody wore it, obviously. But anyway, uh, Yugi is showing his friend Joey, another main character, Yugi is showing Joey how to play Duel Monsters, which is a children's card game. No matter how deep down this rabbit hole we get, my friends, never forget that this is all over a children's card game. It makes everything so much better. Uh, Taya, who is the worst duelist in literally the entire series, is the one tasked with explaining to the viewer how this game works. So each card has an attack and defense. It has a, a, a number that's its attack points and a number that its defense points. And whoever has the most wins when the monsters battle each other, and whoever runs out of life points first loses the duel. And if you lose a, a if you lose a little battle with the monsters, you lose life points. And if, when you run out of all your life points, you lose the duel. So it's pretty simple rules, right? Pretty simple rules that will go on to be completely ignored several, several times over the next at least forty or so episodes. Um, Yugi. Yugi beats Joey in their duel because Joey is terrible at duel monsters. And uh, Yugi humble brags that the only reason that he won is that he has better cards. Like, yeah, Yugi, that's the point of duel monsters. Of course you won because you had better cards. You don't see Bill Belichick at the press conference saying, well, the only reason we were able to beat the Browns is because we have a better quarterback, running back, offensive line, defensive line, receivers, corners, linebackers, and coaches. So then the gang all decides to go back to Yugi's grandpa's card shop. Apparently, the grandpa has some rare card. And this rare card bit gets overheard by some taller doofus in the room. And he wonders whether or not that rare card is the one he's been searching for. Where are the teachers? They're all just sitting around playing card games, doing soliloquies and monologues. 
leaving in the middle of the day to go to a card shop. Not one educator in sight. Get it together, Japan. The Japanese educational system needs to get it together. So the gang all goes back to Yugi's grandpa's card shop. And that's the grandpa um, who, of course, for some reason, looks like a, a Japanese Danny DeVito. And uh, the grandpa pulls this little box from under the counter and shows them his rare card, the Blue Eyes White Dragon, 3,000 attack points, 2,500 defense points, way more powerful than the cards we've seen so far. And he says, it's so rare and powerful, I never let it leave my hands. Except for the fact it's literally kept in a box under the counter and is therefore always out of his hands. And one of these bozos, Tristan, just snatches the card out of his grandpa's hands and says it doesn't even look special. But Tristan, did you see its attack points? You idiot. Also, keep your hands to yourself. If this show took place in my old neighborhood and you were just snatching stuff out of people's hands, you'd get shot. Tristan would not last long in my old neighborhood. So after that, Yugi's grandpa tells the group of handsy idiots that there are only four blue-eyes white dragons in the entire world. And then Kaiba shows up. And he looks at least... 15 years older than everyone else involved. And this was the, this was the same guy who was, who was plotting in the classroom. Oh, I wonder if this is the rare card I've been looking for. And yeah, Kaiba. Kaiba shows up. Again, he's at least 10, 15 years older than all the other characters in this show. I literally have no idea though, how old any of these people are. You know, Joey, Tristan, and Taya, all look anywhere between, you know, 14 and 18. Kaiba looks 25. Yugi looks like he's nine. Yet somehow they're all in the same classroom with no teacher studying nothing. So Seta Kaiba, whatever his age is, apparently runs a big fancy company. According to Tristan, which is totally normal for a child to do, I guess, like how the CEO of uh, Papa John's is a toddler. Um, Settle Kaiba tells everyone that he's a nationally ranked duelist, which apparently nobody knew, even though Duel Monsters is like a big deal in this Japanese universe. And Kaiba makes fun of, of Joey a lot when they're in that card shop, and, and Joey threatens to beat the ever-living hell out of Kaiba. That is not a direct quote. That's just the way I interpret it. And and Kaiba and Joey are about to get in this fist fight, but he gets derailed when Kaiba gets triggered because he notices that the Blue Eyes White Dragon card is right there. So yeah, I guess that is the card he's been searching for. Also, he literally says, this is the card I've been searching for, which is the kind of subtle writing we'll come to know and love from the writers of Yu-Gi-Oh! So Kaiba offers Danu Davitu! A briefcase full of children's cards in exchange for the blue eyes, but Grandpa refuses because the card is special to him. Then Kaiba offers him a blank check, any amount of money you want, for this piece of paper from a children's card game. And Grandpa still says no. 
So Kaiba storms off, plotting like the anime villain he is, and he gets driven away in like a like a salmon-colored Lincoln town car. Okay, check this out, because this is the part where things get ridiculous. Kaiba sends some thugs to kidnap Yugi's grandfather and force him into a duel. He doesn't send them there to just beat the old man up and steal the card. They just challenge him to a children's card game, which Yugi's grandpa accepts because he has to teach Kaiba a lesson about the heart of the cards. So please take note of this phrase early, heart of the cards. It is not the last time we will hear it. I can't define what the heart of the cards is, but I do know that it doesn't work in Uno nearly as well as it worked in Yu-Gi-Oh! And it doesn't work on my credit card either. If it did, you would see me at the club knowing that all of my cards are maxed out, just trusting the heart of the cards to guide Capital One to have money that's not there. So Yugi and his friends get to the game shop uh, the next day, I guess, and they see that their grandpa isn't there. And then the phone rings, and it's Kaiba telling Yugi to come pick his grandfather up. And why Kaiba was calling a game shop that he probably thought was empty. I mean, he kidnapped grandpa. I don't know why he would call it. Um, No idea. No idea. And they get to Kaiba's corporation, and Yugi's grandpa is there. As soon as they walk in, he's on the ground, sweating and hyperventilating because of the children's card game they just played. Uh, apparently, he lost it, which has caused him to go into diabetic shock. I don't know. Kaiba's prize for winning the duel was the Blue-Eyes White Dragon, which was apparently so valuable and precious to Yugi's grandfather that he bet it in a duel against the world champion. It's just like that time I bet my wedding ring on a game of rock, paper, scissors against a guy with six arms. I had to teach him a lesson about the heart of the hands. Okay, so I I love this part. So Kaiba takes that Blue-Eyes White Dragon card he just won, one of the rarest cards in the world, the card he just kidnapped and nearly killed a senior citizen for, and he rips it up. He destroys it in front of everybody. I love that. I love that. It's just like that scene in The Dark Knight where the Joker sets all the money on fire. Kaiba is a psychopath, and this is only like the top eight-ish, maybe psychopathic things he does. He gets worse. He gets crazier than kidnapping an old man just to steal his card from him and then rip it up in front of his son or his grandson. Yugi's grandpa hands Yugi his deck, the one he just lost with, Minus the blue eyes now. And he tells him to go beat Kaiba with it. I don't know, dude. At least give him a different deck. You just lost with this deck. And then and then Taya draws like an emoji on everybody's hand that's supposed to represent friendship. This becomes the most powerful emoji in the history of emojis. You'll see later on. Apparently, if you have an emoji drawn on your hand with Sharpie, 
It makes you better at dual monsters. Who knows? I can't, I can't keep up. So the duel starts and the monsters are holograms, which means they're just projections of light. But somehow they're also able to produce physical force from their explosions and stuff. And this makes Kaiba the greatest inventor of all time. If he can make holographic force, he should be making like a perpetual motion machine that can generate boundless electricity and energy and and in-world hunger and, and rapidly expand development and eliminate pollution. Instead, he, he chooses to use all his ingenuity on a children's card game. I don't, I, I don't know why. So the duel is going on. There's some back and forth. And Kaiba has this one card that like triples the attack strength of one of his monsters, which is literally insane. And he uses it on like a crazy weak card. Uh, and during the duel, we learn more about duel monsters, the game. Like if you place your card in defense mode, you can't lose life points if it gets destroyed. That's important to remember, too, because that's a rule that's going to be ignored, okay? So Yugi gets completely dominated by a Soggy the Dark Clown, like, all game long. Soggy is not a strong card, but it somehow just just wipes Yugi out for the vast majority of the duel. And finally, Kaiba plays a Blue-Eyes White Dragon! Surprise! Kaiba had a blue eyes all along. He kidnapped Yugi's midget grandpa over a card he literally already owned. Kaiba, after that, says faith is for losers, and he gets 2,000 upvotes on Reddit's atheism sub for his euphoric analysis. And uh, Kaiba's blue eyes then bullies Yugi for a few turns, and then Kaiba summons another... Blue Eyes White Dragon. He's got two Blue Eyes White Dragons. Kidnapped this old man, destroyed his, and he already had two. And Yugi, after that, he plays this card called Swords of Revealing Light. And it freezes all the monsters on the field for three turns. Now, me, as an 11-year-old, is just so incensed right now watching this episode. I cannot believe the thing that I'm watching. This Kaiba douche has hospitalized a senior citizen over a car that he already has two of, and Yugi couldn't even beat one Blue Eyes. And now Kaiba has two on the field. This is literally hopeless. Until the force ghost of Yugi's grandfather appears and reminds him that there's one unbeatable monster in Duel Monsters. And it's Exodia. But you have to draw all five pieces of the puzzle to summon him. So now that we're talking about Force Ghosts, here is some bonus content. My ranking of Force Ghosts. This is the top five Force Ghosts of all time. Number five, Obi-Wan. Because I think he's overrepresented. So he's, he's at the bottom of my list. Number five. Number four is Luke Skywalker. Doesn't make any sense, but that shoulder brush uh, at the end of The Last Jedi, it cleared my acne and it improved my credit score. I have to put him up there. Number four. Number three is Yoda, who had a horrible appearance in The Last Jedi, 
um, kind of ruins his appearances in every other film. So he's right in the middle of the pack at number three. Uh, number two, Force Ghost of All Time, is Ghost Rider. Word. Because I don't think enough people talk about him, so I've elevated him to number two. And the number one best Force Ghost of All Time is the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Bible is the good word. So after a little more back and forth, Kaiba summons a third blue eyes white dragon. He had every blue eyes the whole time. He literally only kidnapped Yugi's grandpa so the fourth one couldn't be used against him. Now there's a rule in Yu-Gi-Oh that you can't have more than three of one card in your deck, which I guess is the only rule of Yu-Gi-Oh that's followed in season one. So here's the situation. Three of the most powerful cards in the game. Yugi has no cards on the field, but he does have four of the five pieces of Exodia in his hand. Yu-Gi-Oh as a show hinges upon the concept that doing good is better than being good, right? Uh, that faith and, and, and goodness overcome bad things. And in life, I'm sorry, I think that's true. I think that if you have belief and confidence and positivity, that is so much more important than what the actual situation is that's stacked against you. And I mean, this show gets very ridiculous sometimes, almost like it's it's better to be lucky than to be smart. But, but, you know, Yugi isn't lucky. It's not luck. It's that Yugi just never quits. He keeps going until there are no more cards left to draw and barely any of us ever do that. We either stop playing when it gets too hard or we never even bother playing and just complain about the hand that we were dealt and as ridiculous as Yu-Gi-Oh! is, it so often comes down to one draw. Can I go to work one more time? Can I go on one more first date? Can I give sobriety just one more day? And if we really ask ourselves that often enough, I think we all find that we always are able to give it one more draw. Because we ain't dead until our life points hit zero. And if you're hearing this, you've got life left to live. Play another round. But back to Yugi, you know how this ends. He draws the card. It's the last piece of Exodia. The Forbidden One shows up and he destroys all three blue-eyes white dragons. Yugi wins. Game over. Match over. Those dragons that looked so huge to overcome before look so small when they got beat. It's inspiring. It's very sweet. And then, <laughs> and then Yugi does a magical mind crush thing that destroys Kaiba's emotion brains for the remainder of the series. And, and yeah, right after that, we see a mysterious homosexual named Pegasus. Uh, he gets informed that Yugi has beaten the world champion and we're out. Yeah, so I hope you enjoyed the very first episode of a children's card game. Despite my cat at one point deciding to go into some kind of frenzied, uh, screaming, angry tirade. I'm not sure what that was. 
So again, if you like this and you enjoy it and you'd like to help empower me to do more of it, um, head to patreon.com slash children's card game. Every 50 patrons I get, I'm going to do an episode of The Talking Cheese, a SpongeBob bonus show. And for every 100 patrons I get, I'm going to do an episode of Ashes Coma Fantasy, a Pokemon bonus show. Yeah, if you enjoyed it, a couple other ways you can help me out. You can subscribe on iTunes, get all the episodes as they come out. We're going to do this about once a week. Uh, You can also leave a review on iTunes. Uh, Say how much you love the show. Leave us five stars and tell your friends. Tell your friends about um, the weird guy who's reviewing and recapping Yu-Gi-Oh! episodes from when he was 11 and maybe they'll like it too that's it for this week uh next week we're gonna hit episode two same format uh can't wait to see what you guys think about it show me your feedback my name is dion you can find me at twitter.com slash hashtag dion uh throw me a tweet let me know what you thought about uh let me know what you thought about the show thanks